uh, I want to know what's like a crazy Hollywood party that you're just like an unforgettable party experience that you've had. Cause you, I, I bet you've had some uh, fucking dope ass parties, bro. Well, there's one, there, there, just one. No, I'm not a party guy. It never was. Uh, but we went to one party and <laughs> the, everybody was there. The Rolling Stones were there. John oh, Lennon, uh, Rod Stewart, uh, Jack Nicholson, and a shitload of other people. And so I brought my dad. Uh, nice. My mama. I think I just brought my dad. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, just my dad. And uh, and it was at Lou Adler's place. Uh, he was our uh, record producer, owner. And uh, so I asked Lou, I said, where, where can I smoke this joint? He said, well, go in the, bed, go in the bedroom. And so I walked in the bedroom. I had this stinky old uh, Mexican joint, you know, since You know, you know the ones that used to really smell the skunks. Yeah, I think you're one of them. You know, so I, so I had a stinky joint. I walked in the bedroom, and I thought I was alone. And I looked over, and sitting on the floor behind the bed was John Lennon. He's sitting on the floor, and so oh, there's John Lennon. I walked over. Hey, John. When I hit one hit on my joint, he goes, Oh no, sorry, mate. You know, I got immigration problems. I'm not allowed. And so then just then uh, Rod Stewart walks in <laughs> and he's right over to the mirror and he starts, you know, making his hair stick up more, you know. <laughs> and so I offered <laughs> I offered uh, Rod Stewart some and he goes, Oh no, no, my voice, my voice, uh, you know, okay. So then yeah, I figured, you know, it's enough sticky joint. So I put it out and I'm walking out in the hallway and I run into Jack Nicholson. And I just seen Nicholson in a movie. It was uh, Last Detail. And in oh. the movie, he plays an officer. And in the movie, there's one scene that fascinated me because it went on for like 10 minutes. And through the whole scene, Nicholson's combing his hair. But he doesn't have any hair. He has the thinnest, <laughs> wispiest hair. And so I said, Jack, that scene where you're combing your hair, I said, did you did you ad lib that? Did you was that you or was it written in the, in the script? And he just gave me that fish-eyed Jack Nicholson look. Uh, excuse me, you're in the way. You know. <laughs> 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 and he, he shot me down as hard as I've ever been shot down in my life. I don't think I, after that I never I never approached a star actor. <laughs> fuck him. Wow. Man. Fuck him. Yeah, fuck you know, him. Fuck I understand. I understand. Yeah. You know. And and then we became not friends, but we were friends with Lou Adler. You know. And Jack Jack was you know he always liked whatever was hip, you know, and Cheech and Chong were very hip at the time, you know, we're the
and welcome to Rising from the Ashes, man. What is happening with you, brother? What what do we got going on today, man? Oh man, we got the most high Tommy Chong. Tommy Chong, the most high. Wow, I am you know, so stoked, bro. Did you know he <laughs> played God? What? Where? In a porno? Nah, dude. In a movie. <laughs> Which movie? movie? It's uh, shit. Now I have to. Oh, look he it doesn't up. even know which movie. Now he's got to look it up. He's gonna try to tell <laughs> me that Tommy John played God, and he doesn't even know what movie he played God in this episode. That's for sure because it was this. This episode was really fun, and it allowed us to break some walls and step into the more spiritual side of things, which is really nice. Uh, Tommy's super dope, dude. Like super, just. Kind of like, kind of a, a role model for uh, for what I would aim to be at in my eighties. You know, just happy, absolutely, just just spreading light and positivity. Uh, yes, please. Life uh, goals. It's called. It's God. G A W D. <laughs> God. It's nice. God. It's God. Yeah. Yeah. It's God. Uh, yeah, he's, he, uh, it was a really fun interview, man. I was kind of a little starstruck. I didn't know what to say or do. I was just having fun listening to him. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was great, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, we, I, I also was a little starstruck too. It was kind of like, okay, we're talking with a guy who's been in some movies. These movies were, you know, big time. And I actually, I do realize I, I went down the ra- Hollywood rabbit hole a little bit. I kept asking him about like other famous people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm interested, man. It's, you know, it's from the outside <sighs> looking in. It's it's this club. But, you know, they're just fucking people, man. You know? Yeah. Funny. They're funny people. He holds true, dude. He's super humble and amazing. Like, I'm so stoked we got it. And he wants to come back. Yeah, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, we were talking to him about taglines and like uh, famous famous lines from the movies, and <laughs> there's like there's just so many good ones. I rewatched a lot of the episodes. I was actually watching a couple before I even knew he was going to be on the show, and then when once I found out he was going to be on the show, I was like, oh, I'm going to watch some of these other ones because uh, I like rewatched Up in Smoke like a few months ago. And, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And there's that one where he has the bag of soap, but like he makes Cheech <laughs> think it's cocaine. And in that same episode, he like peed in a cup, and uh, <laughs> or he had his his sister pee in a cup, and she was pregnant. And uh, just the com dude, it's timeless comedy. The fact that you can go back and watch these movies and they're still just as hilarious as they were <laughs> when you saw them back then. That's like one of my favorite things about those those movies is you can watch them over and over and they're still just hilarious. They're so funny, man. It is. I know. Like it's, it's great because like I feel like those things are going away. Like I mean, I can't tell you the last comedy movie that was kind of timeless like that, you know, where it's just like, you know, the thing with modern movies is like, yeah, they're good and you can rewatch them. But they just don't have that type of magic like those ones did. I, I don't know if it's that everything's too produced or something, but guys, don't forget about the old movies. 
That shit is absolute goodness, magic, flame. Well, holy sheep shit. Let's get into some RFTA news. RFTA, RFTA news. What up? What you got for us today, homie? The Himalayas are the home of all <laughs> matters of mystery. <laughs> the Pavarti, um, from the Pavarti River to the fields of wild cannabis that grow, all the way to the nutrient-rich material that oozes out of the mountainous volcanic rock every summer. On first appearances, Shilajit and its constituent compounds have nothing in common with cannabis other than that they share the same geographical origin. The Himalayas are home of all matters of mystery. I just read that part. Cannabis growers uh, cannabis growers in the Himalayas use Shilajit. Hey, Shilajit's back. During the growth cycle to stimulate <laughs> cannabinoid synthesis on account of a rare set of metabolites present in Shilajit known as humic and fulvic acids, as well as dibenzo-alpha-pyrones. This might also explain why the Indian and Tibetan Himalayas are home to some of the strongest cannabis on the planet. Western growers interested in organically produced crops have been using active components of Shilajit, humic, and fulvic acid for decades. They have reported stronger and healthier plants, which were more resistant to diseases, as well as 20% higher yields without the use of chemicals. Now, aside from how shilajit plays a role in the synthesis of cannabinoids in soil, it also targets many of the same neurotransmitters and receptors in the human body as phytocannabinoids do. Oh, so what does that mean, my friends? During this deep dig, what does it mean? Uh, During the deep dig rabbit hole of Shilajit, I, as a cannabis cultivator myself, saw that it is made up of of humic and fulvic acid, and that's what plants crave. Humic and fulvic acid only come from decomposed plants, so it's a type of compost material that allows the plants to open their cell walls and and get the water and the nutrients uh, available. And so those acids are really, really good. And so I was like, oh, shit, this must be good for, you know, uh, foliar spray or compost teas and stuff. And I looked it up. And what do you know? The origin of Shilajit and the origin of cannabis rain from the same mountain ranges, bro. No way. They range, yeah, the or the cannabis and shilajit, and so there's wild fields of cannabis growing throughout the Himalayas, just minutes away from where shilajit is. So, whether it could be like mountainous runoff and rain or whatever, it basically is causing all of this wild cannabis to be some of the strongest and most intense grown. Which also leads me to believe that potentially, um, because so yet again the formation of shilajit. Um, and the Himalaya Mountains, right? When uh, the because India was a, a supposedly an island at one point, right? As the tectonic plates shift their way around, and hmm. then this is you know this, uh, this is supposedly because we see because uh, humans are speculating, right? Astronomy and uh, and tectonic plates, like we're speculating. Science is a lot of speculation, but what science has told us is that the tectonic plates move and that all the continents aren't what they used to be. And that's not what they look like. That's what the mainstream geology and stuff, you know, goes to teach us in academia is that the continents are moving constantly in the tectonic plates. So when India was 
on its own, it had plants growing on the side of the mountains, and then the two mountains collided together. And when those two mountains collided together, all the plants on the hillside got smashed with the other mountainside, right? And then through that pressure, those plants decomposed, and then that is what create. That's what shilajit is: is the plant material that got trapped in there, and then through pressure, it's basically decomposed and squeezed through the pores of the rocks, right? So, I'm and so in theory, because when I look it up of what shilajit, what plant material shilajit is, it has you know rolenia and a couple other flowers, um, which are you know wildflowers in that region. But they're speculation. They don't know. And also, they might not want to say that there could have been cannabis in there. And it could have been large fields of wild cannabis, potentially. So, Hmm. that leads me to my other thing, okay? It's not only good and healthy to spray on your plants, but it also reacts to the endocannabinoid system within the body. Shilajit does. Also, obviously, cannabis and, and THC reacts to that. That's like what they're known for and uh also potentially where the name cannabis comes from cannabinoid cannabis right but the endocannabinoid system within the body doesn't necessarily have anything to do with thc or weed you know but the way that it reacts to the endocannabinoid system i haven't found any any research that that says it's true but like i'm just assuming that's where the name came from because it lights up the endocannabinoid system in the body right so it just makes sense that cannabis comes from that so real quick just a quick refresher um the endocannabinoid system is a biological system composed of endocannabinoids which are uh endogenous lipid based retrograde neurotransmitters that bind to cannabinoid receptors and cannabinoid receptor proteins that are expressed throughout the vertebrae central nervous system and peripheral nervous system so they're in your brain they're in your um they're in your nervous system, and I believe there's some cannabino- endocannabinoids in your gut, and it's lipid based, and so which is fat, which means fat, right? So it's a fat based. Mm-hmm. So the fat from the the um, from the 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 weed that creates the THC and all of the the cannabinoids, the phytocannabinoids. So phytocannabinoids come from plant. Endocannabinoids come from animal, right? You have Mm. one end of the spectrum created in the plant. Then you have the ending receptor inside the body. So it goes to show that the the cycle of how, you know, we need these plants because inside of our body, we have the receptors for that. It's like, you know, putting the star in the star shape or the triangle in the triangle shape, you know, at the doctor's (laughs) office, right? That's what it is. So it's like these plants that exist here, are for our body. They're for our body. That's why we're into plant medicine, all the things. Also, quick fun stuff, other plants that contain cannabinoids. Besides hey, hold Chile- up. Yes, 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 yes. Before before you get into that, I have a, a couple things. The Rastafari believe that the cannabis plant is the tree of life. Absolutely. Because it gives wisdom absolutely and and so that's an interesting take that's why a lot of rasas are all about the the motivation um and then the other thing was you're talking about that last lost continent 
I've heard it called a few different things. Pangea. Uh, pa- Pangea? Yeah. Is that Pangea right? is when all the continents were once together, and that's once a theory. Oh, that's right. Together Pangea, yeah. yes. Uh, but there's another one that was like a native type of name, and I can't remember what it was exactly. But uh, they also called it Zealandia. Interesting. Okay. So, yeah. Lost and it continent. connected to Madagascar and uh, Australia, possibly, and all the way yeah. up to where India is. Well, that's, yeah, that's uh, exactly where the region would be, too. Um, but I'm, so, is it show, what are you looking at? Does it show the tectonic plate that it sits on? Mm, is it the Nazca plate? No. Um, no, that would be North American Arabian plate, Indian plate. So the India plate sits next to the Arabian plate, African plate, Australian plate, Scotia. So, you know, so the, how it works too is uh, ocean plates, right? Sit lower than the land plates. So the land plates are up and the ocean plates are lower and the shelves basically, it's really slow. The movement of these and we seemingly haven't moved in thousands of years from our observation. But yet again, people, you know, who knows what we've been told about anything, about even if these plates exist. You know, I'm um, sure that in, they do. In the Maori language, they called it T. Maori. Ryu, Maori language. Ao, Ma- yeah. Maori? Maori. Yeah. Native to... Uh, Native to Australia was, and New uh, Zealand. They have the little they have the little line over the A that means you say the A, so it's Maori, right? Uh I mean I know I know of them as uh, of the native well, Maoris. Maoris. Like yeah, Maori. So T Ru T Ryu uh Maui in the Maori language. Uh-huh. Ma- Maori, yeah. So it's T Ru. That's what it was called. Oh, the place you mean? Uh, no, the Lost Continent. Oh, the name of the Lost Continent. Oh, I actually have a, an article here from BBC that says the missing continent, it took 375 years to find. And it's all about that missing continent. But in, are they uh, saying it sunk to below the, the water? Africa. Or what, it, you know, what, are they, what are they saying happened to it? Yeah, I'll, you know what? I'll have to read it. Maybe on an upcoming episode or something. Yeah, yeah. We don't want to get too off topic here, y'all. Let me jump back into this. So the cannabinoids, um, it's a system, the endocannabinoid system, and we can go deeper into this too because there is a lot of clinical studies, so we can give you guys a full debrief on it. But what it does is basically it, the, once you uh, have something that ignites the endocannabinoid system, it turns the cells on and, and basically makes you feel a certain type of way. Um, and there's different types of plants that have uh, phytocannabinoids and they um, are nu- they're, they're nutriently important to have in your system uh, and, and balance, right? You don't want to overload your cannabinoid system, but it is good to kind of like if you do smoke weed, Right. And you do it for a while and then you quit. Right. You know, it's like, oh, I'm smoking too much. Weed, I need to quit as well. Your, 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 your endocannabinoid system is going to take a little bit of time to basically, 
reset itself, but you're going to crave it again because you have receptors in your body that need that that spark into the cannabinoid system, right? So like I was saying, you have the positive and the negative side, you know, the the terminals to connect these plants into our body so then we can be functioning fully optimization. So other plants that um, have phytocannabinoids, um, the number one uh, that has a lot of them is cacao. And cacao is chocolate. Uh, and cacao is a very, very sacred fruit to the Aztec cacao. and Mayan. Cacao! It's, I mean, shit. Like, and it's native to Central America, but I mean, it's it's used spiritually for a lot of people and, and cultures. It's it's a very, very, very spiritual thing. We've exploited it. You know, Hershey's, you guys can do any research on Hershey and how fucked they are about exploiting their workers and exploiting chocolate farms. Um, but yeah, so coffee, uh, cacao is a good one. Black pepper is another one. Uh, black, black pepper is a super potent and healing herb that surprisingly has a lot in common with cannabis. Uh, not only does it also contain a large amount of beta-carophylline terpene responsible for that peppery smell in some type of cannabis strains like OG Kush, Trainwreck, and Girl Scout cookies, but also initiates the physiology physiological response within the cannabinoid receptor 2 or CB2. Uh, black pepper also tunes out the endocannabinoid or tunes the endocannabinoid system via the alkaloid uh, geniosis uh butchered that uh but black pepper provides potent <laughs> anti-inflammatory properties that ease pain from arthritis and osteoporosis so if you mm. were to pair like um you know you can have like a savory chocolate bar you know with a little black pepper and then smoke some weed and uh you know put some cone flower tea on there echinacea and, and hit it with some black truffle you will be ballist out Okay, your endocannabinoid <laughs> system will be going crazy like chocolate, black truffle, black pepper and cannabis. Yo, you guys will be lit up. You're welcome. Okay, <laughs> I'll do you, sir. I'm done. Cannabinoids are sweet cannabis. There you go. <clears throat> All right. Yeah, uh, I have an article because here uh, when we we're talking to Tommy, uh, he brought up the fact that he was in prison. He said it was more of like a celebrity jail, so he kind of got to hang out and do whatever he wanted. So it wasn't that bad. But he said it was built on top of uh, toxic waste. And so this is an article from The Atlantic called Behind Bars on Polluted Land by Kara Bayless. Do American prisoners suffer from environmental discrimination? This was written May 24th, 2016. Glenn Towery had already served 11 years for stealing a car at gunpoint when he was transferred to Kern Valley State Prison in 2009. Riding up I-5 to the San Joaquin Valley, 150 miles north of his native Los Angeles, he probably smelled the sulfuric odor of industrial cow lots. But once he arrived, he would inhale something worse, a fungus that might kill him. Towery complained of flu-like symptoms for a year before he was diagnosed. He'd wake coated in sweat. It feels like something heavy is on my chest, he told one nurse. Eventually, doctors found that he had an enlarged heart. 
a test revealed he had valley fever. For the majority of people, valley fever, a disease brought on by breathing in fungus spores native to the desert dust of the southern United States, is harmless. But in 40% of the population, the disease can cause sore throats and muscle aches. And if the infection spreads, skin ulcers, bone lesions, even inflammation of the heart or brain, its severity varies by race. Black patients are 14 times more likely than white patients to suffer from complications. Filipinos are 175. Yeah. Man. Filipinos are 175 times more likely. After being released on parole in 2013 with a weakened, uh, weakened immune system and a lifetime prescription for an antifungal drug, Towery, who is black, decided to sue the state. His lawyer, uh, Ashish Desai, charged California officials with a hate crime, arguing that because valley fever disproportionately affects black patients, officials deliberately put Towery's life at risk by transferring him to a county with the worst infection rate. While Desai's use of hate crime legislation is unique, Two other lawsuits have been filed by California prisoners who contracted Valley Fever while incarcerated. In 2015, a federally ordered screening found that 8% of California prisoners had the disease. The state's overall infection rate at the time was less than 1%. Environmental racism. The disproportionate exposure of communities of color to pollution and other environmental hazards is a problem that the U.S. has recognized for decades. In 1994, Bill Clinton signed an executive order mandating that federal agencies address environmental justice for low-income and minority groups. Yet the issue persists. Hurricane Katrina revealed that New Orleans' predominantly black neighborhoods were in low-lying portions of the city most prone to flooding. The predominantly black residents of Flint, Michigan, were exposed to lead-contaminated water. When prisons are built on or next to former Superfund sites, mines, and landfills, the EPA doesn't require that environmental reviews consider the health of the convicts who will live there. This is a governmental safeguard meant to avoid subjecting people to these hazards. The federally mandated environmental review process, which is designed to forecast the impact of any large-scale governmental development, in theory, environmental reviews offer a roadmap for overcoming any conscious or unconscious bias in building new communities. But California's prison system is one example of just how unclear the road can be. Under the 1969 National Environmental Policy Act, all federally funded construction projects such as public housing, hospitals, and highways must submit reports to the Environmental Protection Agency to get permission to move forward. These environmental impact documents include a reckoning of existing conditions, ecological risk, and planned mitigation efforts. They typically discuss the project's effort on air quality, soil, plants, animals, historical sites, infrastructure, the existing community, and the local economy. The broad aim, according to the 1969 Act, is to eliminate damage to the environment and biosphere and to simulate the health and welfare of man. One frequent consideration of environmental impact reports is future residents. 
The Federal Department of Housing and Urban Development, for instance, requires that the studies analyze how new housing projects might affect the environment and in turn how the environment could affect a new building and the people who will fill it. California Environmental Quality Act guidelines specifically require planners to avoid projects that expose vulnerable populations to poor air conditions. Those guidelines give the example of a residential development proposed near a wastewater treatment plant. But when prisons are built on or next to former Superfund sites, mines, and landfills, the EPA doesn't require that environmental reviews consider the health of the convicts who will live there, says Paul Wright, the director of the Human Rights Defender Center, a nonprofit that lobbies on behalf of prisoners. Wright's organization contends prisons across America are frequently constructed on polluted lands and cites concrete examples to prove it. California's Victorville Federal Correctional Complex was placed on top of the George Air Force Base, a former Superfund site. Cannon City, home to nine Colorado State and four federal prisons and penitentiaries, is next to a defunct uranium mill and has reported high levels of the cancer-causing chemical trichlorothene in the groundwater. New York's Rikers Island, built on a toxic waste landfill, was a subject of a lawsuit brought by former correctional officers claiming the polluted facility gave them cancer. Prisoners are viewed as an expendable population, Wright says. The EPA has a very long history of ignoring the environmental poisoning of people in prisons and jails in this country. Wright is currently crusading against a new facility in Lecter County, Kentucky, which will be placed on one of the two sites, a surface mine with remnant waste or a former strip mine with active oil and natural gas wells. In a comment letter responding to the prison's environmental impact report, Wright pointed out that exposure to mining waste has been tried to chronic cardiovascular disease, cancer, and adult tooth loss, as well as water contamination. He also invoked federal environmental justice standards, noting prison populations are typically indigenous and racially diverse. As I said, let us not forget that they're probably, they're also probably incredibly malnourished because I couldn't imagine that they're getting much, you know, fresh produce and, you know, fresh, you know, like actual food to make their bodies healthy. Mm-hmm. So not a, let alone the fucking air and the water and the fucking land that they're on is all toxinified. They're also getting some just crazy, probably highly processed fucking food. What the fuck, man? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Uh, they're, they treat them like animals. I mean, they're prisoners and probably some of them should maybe be treated like animals but just because they lose their rights and they go to prison doesn't mean they should have to go through cancer or any of that other stuff that they subject them you already you already lost your freedom to you know to be out with your friends and family and stuff and you're stuck in a fucking box all day every day for years i mean the least you could do would be able to have a fresh carrot from time to time yeah for sure no they should they should like have them on farmland and let them grow and crop their own food. It gives them something to do. It teaches them how to farm and they get to eat, reap their benefits, you know? 
Imagine, imagine, uh, you know, I, and I'm sure we could probably find some stories, uh, but imagine like, you know, back when they were doing a lot more human trial experiments, you know, they're probably using a lot of fucking prisoners for that. Like, you know, like, oh, these new drugs or dose him yeah. with acid, this many doses of acid and we'll see, you know, because they just don't fucking. I know the stories exist uh, in mental in, in, uh, mental institutions, so I, I would I would imagine it probably extends out to the prison system as well. Ugh, gross. Yeah, man. Uh, in its response, the Federal Bureau of Prisons, the subdivision of the Department of Justice, charged with prison administration, insisted it would clean up mine spoil and that the site would not harm the health of prisoners or staff. The Bureau also responded that it does not concur with the assertion that federal inmates of mixed backgrounds as to ethnicity, race, and income to be housed in the proposed facilities constitute either a minority or low-income population. Inmates will be exposed to dust caused by the increase in traffic, which could cause numerous cases of valley fever. The Bureau didn't detail why it doesn't consider inmates minority or low-income populations perhaps it is difficult to know the racial breakdown or income bracket of the people who will fill a prison that doesn't exist yet maybe the bureau is looking at national data while people of color are overrepresented in prison system 58.9 percent of the prison population is white compared to 77.4 percent in the general population they are still in the minority. According to Brookings Institute, incarceration does disproportionately affect both low-income and minority populations in the USA. In an email, a bureau spokesperson addressed writes grander claims that prisons are frequently built on or near polluted grounds, saying the bureau has broken no laws by selecting these sites. The bureau's project bringing environmental benefits such as site cleanup, modern sewage disposal, with the opportunity for local communities to have treatment plants and safe and modern sources of drinking water, it adds. The Environmental Protection Agency did not respond to repeated requests for comment. Obviously, they don't care. Look at Flint, Michigan, which was already cited in the article. There's many other types of things just like this that happen all over the place. Even you can, we can talk about the Keystone Pipeline and how they're kicking native populations off their land that was supposedly allotted to them for, you know, because we came over here and st stole their land. Well, the Spanish did, and later the English. Uh, I don't want to say they because I'm not, I might be related to them by race, but I'm not them, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, they, they said, oh, well, we want to build a pipeline through your land. And they're like, no, we want to protest that. You can't build it through our sacred land. And they said, nah, we're going to do it anyway. And then look at the telescope in Hawaii. The, the natives uh, in Hawaii said, no, you're not building a telescope. And they said, nah, yeah, we are. But they're like, yeah, no, we but that's our sacred mountain. And uh, you can't build on our our land like we don't we're not okay with that it's uh it means a lot to us they're like no we need a telescope there so you can see how they do this and try to cover it up with bureaucratic bullshit but really they don't they don't fucking care 
No, I mean, let's be honest. Uh, we've never, uh, on a mainstream level, on a governmental level, on a on a on a spiritual level of the the mainstream fucking you know consciousness, have given a fuck about indigenous rights. Right? We say that we do. We create a day out of the year to you know honor, which is great. And yes, we should have a day. But it's like when you really break it down, it's like what do these days mean if we're still going over here and exploiting and letting these corporations and money take over the things because that's that's the okay real quick i was thinking two different things okay water is life right water is life yeah right he says that too well then water is life but then when you put a cell phone in water what happens to that cell phone does it live and does it grow or does it die it dies it dies, right? So water is life for us and, and living magical things and tyrannical, technocratical fucking bullshit dies. Okay. Uh, money is the root of all evil. Yeah. So when when something breaks down to money, when it's a pipeline, what's the pipeline for? What's the root of it? Money. it the root of it is money. So it's an evil entity. I mean, fuck, dude. Like, it's just so obvious and blatant the agenda here uh, to to get us to a point where we're only consumed by the evil things and our spirituality is completely sucked out of our souls and we're just mindless fucking zombies walking around making these fucking lizard people more lizardy. Oh. <laughs> God. Also, I looked up that Michael S. Reagan is the CEO of the EPA. Um, and I was trying to find some sort of tie, uh, between him and like, you know, sometimes it'll be like, oh, the CEO of Monsanto is also the CEO of, you know, McDonald's, you know, and shit like that. So I was trying to see the tie between that because I'm sure the guy's buddy, buddy with some other fucks because the EPA is a giant, uh, you know, didn't didn't like Trump put like some Goldman Sachs guy in charge of the EPA or some shit like that? He put him in charge of some. I think it was the Environmental Protection Agency. Uh, some Goldman Sachs guy. I mean, they put these bankers into positions that they have no business being in just because they're bankers. Uh, it's. Uh, I, I think the person. They put in charge of the EPA was actually going against the EPA, and then he became the president of the EPA. I don't know. It's some crazy interesting. Shit. Well, uh, I you love that article, man. I I love that whole topic. I really do. Like, I think it's super, super important. You know, and on this show, it's like we could we go we're going down all the rabbit holes, guys. Like, we're trying to just, you know, we're trying to hold yeah. on to the wheel uh, at the gases fucking falling down to the floorboard and we're just we're in the in it for the ride but we want to cover all these there, topics like i i would love to cover more prison stuff like that yeah there there's probably about five or six more paragraphs to that article but oh shit sorry i think i think we get the point the point is is that these protection agencies are saying they care for the population but when it comes to prison population they're like uh maybe we'll let it slide a little bit and that doesn't really count because it's prison population and they still continue to do these things, not even just with prison population, but with minority populations. Like it cited the 
uh, New Orleans population in the flood zones and the lead in the water in Flint, Michigan. And there's countless other situations just like this that I, I noted back to with the Keystone Pipeline and, and the telescope in Hawaii. And these things are out there, you know? It's like these things are things that we should be stopping. I don't understand why we are still continuing to do this in this new world. It's no wonder that there's Black Lives Matter protests. I mean, I get that there's some hidden agenda about it that's connected to the Democrats and all that stuff. But at the same time, it's it's really the black population and the other minority populations and low income populations that are being subjected to these to these things by the government. And they don't they just don't care about those people in those areas. They're just like, uh, whatever. It's just like the fluoride in the water. The fluoride in the water is is a byproduct of some type of metal. I forget what type of metal it is. Uh, do you know what that is, Roman? Aluminum. So, yeah, so it's a byproduct of aluminum, and they put it in everybody's fucking water and then tell you it's good for your teeth. No, it's not. We've already done articles on this show about fluoride and how bad it is. So, I mean, it completely affects your body makeup and everything, the food that we eat. And, you know, there's so many more other different things. Also, you know, the GMOs and everything like that. As a matter of fact, the other day, uh, this person I know, he had gotten vaccinated and I said, hey, how do you like being a GMO now? And he goes, what? (laughs) I go, you're a genetically modified organism. You got the vaccine. (laughs) And he's like, what? No, I'm not. He's like, it's just a vaccine. And I'm like, no, it's not. Jesus Christ. It's not really a vaccine because... It, it doesn't have any part of the virus in it to, you know, uh, protect you from getting it worse. It's a mRNA vaccine, which has never been done and it's been tested on animals and has failed miserably. And so they're altering your DNA by putting this mRNA vaccine into you. So you're a genetically modified organism. Nanoparticulates. He, he looked at me like a deer in headlights and was like, fucking crazy Dan. <laughs> oh yeah you're crazy for literally <laughs> telling him the absolute truth wow can you stop telling me things that are in the, my body please like i don't want to hear it what that cow was murdered Wait, cows are so cool and they're so pretty and smart oh my god i don't want to watch it get murdered though it's kind of yeah. like the same shit it's like you don't have to know what's going in your body come on yeah, you see all these like uh non-profit agencies you know they're trying to help people and trying to better the world and they have to pay for lawyers and court to try to get these things overturned in law and it's like why why is it so hard to get these things overturned in law they're completely go against everything that is life to humanity if it goes against life there should be a problem there already. Everything should be re-looked at and people shouldn't have to raise money for organizations to go to court to fight stupid fucking laws. It really pisses me off. It's the flip side. It, it It's the, the reality that we're, you know, that we're suckered into is basically 
Yeah, that makes zero sense because the reality as we know it here makes zero sense. It only makes sense if it's backwards. Then it <laughs> makes sense. It's like, okay, great, you know. But hey, man, uh, we're going to keep the vibes tight, vibes good, y'all, because this conversation actually is very – very good uh, spiritually, and and we're not going to bring it down with all of all of this. Shit, right? Yeah, <laughs> realize we we could easily yeah, go sorry. down this rabbit hole and just yeah. Into it. <laughs> episode uh, number ten, our oh, big ten shit. episode with Tommy Chong. I entitled this one "Contact High." Nah, if you don't, man, nice. If you don't laugh, you don't smile, you don't chuckle at this. You got too much negative energy in you, man. You need you need to meditate. You need to let that you, shit go. Relax. You need to you need to stimulate your endocannabinoid system. Yeah. Tommy is not a conspiracy theorist. He's just a human and he has different ideas than the rest of us. But we as people need to show compassion and love to each other. That's how we evolve and that's how we get better as people. Once we start giving love to everybody, then we can start changing the world until then, you know, we gotta, we gotta show our compassion and understanding regardless of who the people are and and not get bent out of shape and post shit on the internet about how this person said this or that, you know, I mean, unless it's scary lizard people shit, then we got to know that shit, you know? But uh, got to. But but you know what I'm saying? No man, it's like he he talks about Trump negatively. He talks about Cosby positively, and you know those those type of things are kind of controversial. And uh, and he doesn't have the same mindset we do. He's just a happy stoner and just loving life and and just doing his own thing. And that's what we should do, man. Just. Live your life, be the best you that you can be, and that's that's all I gotta say about that. And if you want to bathe in your ignorance, then so be it. Yeah, man. <laughs> sure, shit. That's what I do, baby. <laughs> let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, wake up and be good to each other, man. Enjoy the yes. contact high. Here's Enjoy Tommy Chum. everybody. Tommy Chum. Peace. Later. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to today's show. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Instagram at risingft underscore ashes underscore pod. <laughs> Shoot us an email if you have any questions, concerns, or you want any special guest on at risingftashes at yahoo.com. Hey, and don't forget to donate. Hey, you know we love that cheddar. Check out our link tree on our Instagram page and find out where you can leave an offering. Peace.
please enjoy today's episode. We have made it very special for y'all. California. What part? I'm in uh Central California and like uh Mendocino. You know, Pismo oh, Beach Mendocino. area, San Luis oh. Obispo. Oh yeah, St. St. Louis Obispo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you guys. Where you where you at, brother? I'm at a Soho dance studio in uh down well not downtown, I guess just off of Westwood. Oh, nice. in, in in Los Angeles, LA, LA all the way. You you LA all the way. for your next Dancing with the Stars? <laughs> no, actually, uh, I'm just learning. I'm I'm, I'm re uh, learning tango. Oh, Ooh, I, 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 I once I once I once knew tango, but only with uh, with a real good tango dancer uh, partner. But now, because I'm a man. Uh, I'm a man. Uh, I have to learn. Have to learn how to lead, and I never knew how to lead. I knew how to follow, but I didn't know how to lead. And so now I'm learning how to lead. So I, I love tango. It's best. It's the best exercise ever, because you get well, to hold on. You get to hold on to a beautiful woman for an hour, <laughs> or whatever, whatever it is. It in fact takes two to tango. Yeah, and they always tell you, oh, no, no, hold me, hold me tighter, hold me nicer. <laughs> you know, <laughs> follow, follow my caboose, and I go, yeah, okay, <laughs> all right, I can do that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No problem. Beautiful. So, what's the topic of the day? What, what? You're the topic of the day, man. Isn't that uh, a nice background? Look at my background. It's a red beautiful. Yeah, I'm at Ooh. the dance studio now, and and uh, it's, I love that. Back. I'm going to use that at home. No, I got I got a red painting that I'm going to put up as a screen. You know, put in front of my. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> love that, love. That. So, what do you guys want to know? 
Well, I mean, there's so much goodness, man. I myself am a, a, a cannabis cultivator up here in the Mendocino County. And uh, we actually just pulled down our greenhouse today. Beautiful, beautiful, good, good, healthy plants down. Uh, Ooh, don't forget to hang them up to dry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn, I forgot. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I once forgot. Last year's crop. <laughs> I I only got like a couple pots going, and they were oh they grow a big beautiful bud and everything like a like an idiot. I, I uh, put them in a plastic bag and I forgot about them. Oh, mush. mush. Tar- that probably probably some good hash though. You know maybe uh, the the hot balloon effect on uh you could squeeze them, sit on nah. them for a couple of days and <laughs> nah there's too there's too much weed in the country now. That worse than the Labrador? Toss toss them and and and, uh, (laughs) go begging, you know. (laughs) Well, look at you guys. You just you just harvested a whole ton. In fact, if if I was anywhere near there, I'd be, you know, begging for my cut. (laughs) (laughs) I got you, man. I know. I mean, you probably spent some time up here in the Emerald Triangle, eh? I've been through there. Not, I never stayed for any length of time, but yeah, oh yeah, I've been, I've been everywhere, man. I've been <laughs> everywhere. Oh, bad man, bad. Been a lot, love a lot of times, love all over the world, eh? What's what's one of your most favorite beautiful places? Uh, well, the one I haven't been to yet is in Laos. You know, next door to Vietnam. Like I've been sitting home watching travel shows and and they show Laos and oh I gotta go there. It's in the mountains, it's a jungle, they got they got so many wild animals there, and and they have a herd of of shy elephants. Uh, literally shy a big elephants. yeah, no one no one's ever seen you you don't see them. They hide in the jungle in the bamboo. Yeah, mm. they don't come out. But they're big ass elephants. Yeah, I'm going to go to Laos, man. Wow. I might, I might even. Uh, well, I will. I will get a little place. You. Will. Oh, you know, you know, you, you know, what I did. Yes. You know what I did yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing at myself. I got, I got like, um, you know, the only room where I can do my art, be making bongs or painting bongs or doing something with weed, is in the basement. And so, you know, as, you know, garages get, you know, they get cluttered. You know, everybody, if anything, they don't know where to put it, put it in my room. You know, that, that kind of thing. So anyway, <laughs> I, I, I tidied it up. And then as, uh, I, as I was piling stuff, you know, moving one pile from one side of the room to the other, you know, you know that kind of tidy. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I created my own homeless shelter. Oh, I love that. I have a homeless shelter in my garage. And I'm really proud of it. Because, first of all, my wife won't go near it. Because <laughs> uh, it looks like authentic homeless shelter. It's my escape, man. I can go in there with my dog. I got the radio on, you know. And, and it's not a Lexus. It's, it's a radio. You know the old-fashioned radio? Yeah. 
Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like AM FM? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Where you tune into your favorite station or a station. Yeah. Man, radio is so was always been so educational because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they got all these different languages going, you know, Spanish radio, Chinese radio, Korean, all that. And, and up in Canada, they have uh, like Hindu or Indian, you know, and yeah. the music is stoner music from the day one, you know, <laughs> the sitar. Yeah, you know, the sitar. Put, you know, put that station on, man, and, and it doesn't matter what they say. It sounds like music, you know. Indian music is is um uh, like you said it, man. Like there's something about it that is just stone to the bone. Like they that's get where, this, their vibe is whole, whole. Oh, that's oh yeah, yeah, from. definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the the weed, that, yeah, the weed fifty year million years ago, man. The weed is, is all over, but definitely in India. Nepal, uh, uh, Afghanistan, uh, all those places. I just recently wow. heard a study, and they were testing plants and how they react to different music and everything. And sure. they said that they react the most to sitar music. Yes, yes. Yeah, they love it. Yeah, yeah. They grow wow. more. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, 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 all the plants have a soul. They have a spirit. Yeah. Know? And that's why you can see the yeah. ones that don't, they're dead, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, and they need, like us, they need water, they need love, they need food. Yeah, it's, yeah, the plant world. That's what I've been doing. Like I got a, a little jungle, mini jungle, thanks to my artistic wife, you know, my I got a beautiful uh, artist wife and, uh, and she created a jungle around our, our house banana trees and, and uh, bamboo and, uh, and fruit trees oh it's incredible and so we, our neighbors are the birds and <laughs> little skunks and, and little <laughs> little creatures and we got cats and i got a little poodle and i just sit out in the backyard man and just and i'm watching birds you know build their nest and put their babies oh it's I've I've had the best time during this lockdown, man. I I, I feel guilty. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't absolutely don't, absolutely don't. That it, it, it's crazy how much um you know uh, people allowing themselves this freedom, this time to actually not stress about going to work, um and and you know actually having time at home, draw drew a lot of people crazy because they haven't experienced that. Yeah. Yeah, like not work, like not being stressed out by time and that 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 crunch of just like everyday grind. So you know, as as um as painful as an experience as it was, I think collectively, you know, there there's a lot of beneficial of movement within, you know, people's individualities. You know, whether it was it was light or whether it was dark, you still had to deal with yourself. You know. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 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 It gave well, a lot of people know. a creative outlet too. They they were so bored at home. They finally figure out how to do something different out of their normal life because they weren't constrained by work. So they started painting and the crafts and culture of art and, you know, making music and doing all this other stuff has really started to hit people during lockdown too, I think. Yeah. Well, like me, you know, creating my own homeless shelter, 
You know, that, <laughs> that, 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 that was a stroke of love. That's going to be a new Etsy page. Oh, yeah. Selling oh, yeah. homeless shelter equipment. <laughs> but, but you know what I want to do? Yeah, selling stuff to the homeless. <laughs> that, no, no. <laughs> you sell it to the rich people. You sell it to the rich people. They throw no, it that's out. That's what I mean. Yeah, definitely. You're selling them the <laughs> trash. You're just like, yo, build your own homeless shelter. <laughs> yeah, eventually. <laughs> like, like when I shop, you know, I was in Aspen with all my, I mean, multi, very rich friends very wealthy friends you know they the type that have a a third home in aspen you know and they got one in uh, la and they got another home maybe in the hamptons and went maybe on the uh, uh, dominican republic uh, and then they have this home in aspen and so i was we were with them my wife and i and uh, everybody went shopping to a louis Vuitton store in fact i bought a pair of shoes there but right across from Louis Vuitton was a thrift store. Whoa, a thrift store in Aspen. Oh, man, I couldn't wait to get there. And that's where I hung out for two days, in the thrift store. <laughs> man, it's crazy, the stuff that rich people throw out. <laughs> Absolutely. That's so funny. I would definitely... I might have to go check that out. I never think about you know going to the really nice neighborhoods and going to the thrift stores oh it's it's incredible score yeah 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 i mean i mean you got all sorts of stuff like golf clubs (laughs) you know Uh, yeah i'm i i collect uh i collect everything let's face it you know but if i see something with wood on it you know i like the wood because i'm a car i carve shit too you know make (laughs) i've been making pipes all my life you know uh, nice. and, and 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 not 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 for um, uh, you know because I can carve an animal or carve anything to look like anything. No, I can just I can carve something to make it work. So you can smoke pot out of it. You know, functional <laughs> art, man. I love functional art. You know, like yes. hey, I yes. love your I love your draft. I love your pineapple, bro, that you made. But I'll yes. here's a pipe. Use it. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Oh man. I, <laughs> Yeah, I want to do a big art show. Uh, you know, you know, Cheech, Cheech is into uh, Chicano art. Uh, you know, the real legitimate art. And when you go to Cheech's oh. house, it's like an art gallery. You know, he's got all the paintings hung perfect and neat, and, and the floors you could eat off the floor. You know, that that kind of you know everything is so neat. You're you're afraid to sit in it. You know. Yeah. You, yeah. you expect you expect an armed guard. To I'm going to paint so, this chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm so I'm sorry, sir. You, you you're not allowed to sit in the chair. You know that kind of thing. Uh, but my my house it's, it, it looks like a it looks like a thrift store. <laughs> my part, <laughs> my my areas, you know, because I do collect. I like I collect bottles, you know, uh, empty kombucha bottles. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and I I strip the labels off. And it's like like when you're fishing, you know how you got to scale the fish, you know, and you got to mm-hmm. prepare it, you know. And that's what I do with these kombucha bottles. <laughs> I collect them, and then I, I find ways to take off the, the labels, you know. And then I make uh, uh, smoking bombs out of them. 
<laughs> so do you melt down uh the 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 glass like recycle the glass and melt it down and make new pieces out of them oh no no i use the glass i just uh i'm i, I just make the bowl you know the the smoking part oh, and i like use a, uh, and the female piece and for like uh like a water bottle yeah yeah, oh, yeah nice yeah. nice yeah that's it that's all i do i make that and 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 if the label's exciting i'll leave the label on but for the most part, it looks like you got it out of the uh, dumpster, you know. So, oh, so yeah, when I, yeah. yeah, so what I do, if you, there's certain kombucha bottles that they're beautifully uh, shaped, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah. they're the ones that I do that. And then I found a way to uh, use the bottles to, to display my bamboo pipes because I make pipes out of bamboo too mm-hmm. and um, because they're perfect they, they're hollow and they got a little hard thing at the end you know where they attach to the mother tree and and they make a they make a perfect bowl and so i've got a whole collection of those and by the way i'm not none of my artists for sale because nice. what i'm going to do what i'm going to because they're like children of mine you know for sure i've, yeah. I've got bongs i made 30 40 years ago and every once in a while i come across it and go oh i remember that that was my favorite for a while and i would take it and smoke out of it you know <laughs> although although uh, the other day was it yesterday i found uh and another thing too you know everybody gives me weed i found some um a dab stuff you know that the, the dab material that they dab Mm-hmm. 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 And I and I learned one thing: uh, you need a dab rig to smoke it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you get one or two tokes out of a, a regular bomb, and then and then the, the, the it just ruins your bowl piece. Well, then it'll plug everything up. <laughs> yeah, it, be, it becomes like cement. <laughs> so I do so like I, it for rolling. If you take uh, nice big doobies. Say, uh-huh. for instance, one of these puppies, get yeah. it down and you melt it and then you roll it in there and then you take the keef and then you roll the keef. Oh, you know, nice. And then, oh, and then, oh, whoo, that puppy will last you all night. You feel me? That thing will go <laughs> for days. <laughs> it, it, it'll keep you from driving anywhere. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, you're just yeah. flying. <laughs> yeah, that, that's me. That's me. Man. Any excuse to stay home, you know. <laughs> absolutely right. especially I'm if you got a food forest jungle yeah i'm too stoned to drive I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> i'll ride with you though <laughs> oh yeah yeah and even then man i was riding home we did a desert shoot uh, uh, uh finishing up a Cheech and chong uh documentary and we're <gasps> nice. out we're out in yeah we're out in uh, joshua tree and uh and and I smoked up, of course. Uh, I was really, really smoked up. And I had a driver. And so I was hallucinating on the way home. I was in the passenger <laughs> side. And I was hallucinating. I could see, Yo. like, horses and chariots on the freeway. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hey, can I ask you a question, actually? Um, you know, because you are, in fact... Um, you're a famous man, and you have quite the extensive history um, of just being hilarious and awesome and amazing. And with your travels around the world, 
Um, we do, we go into some like fringe topics, you know, we're kind of a conspiracy show. So we love history and physics and, you know, questioning the cosmos and all these things. And, um, you know, about electromagnetic hotspots, um, or ley lines. Uh So have you ever had any experiences that may have been paranormal while smoking in places? Cause Joshua tree has a lot of electromagnetic, uh, you know, and also UFO sightings and stuff. So there's the anomalies that are there. What kind of experiences like anomalies that you've had that may, uh, it could intertwine with cannabis or it could just be some crazy life experience that you've had on your travels. I've had quite a few, uh, but, but they're not a mystery to me because uh, I've in my travels and especially in my uh, time on, on this planet, I've been blessed with a lot of uh, knowledge of, of what, why we're here. And, uh, and so, and so I understand uh, a phenomenon, you know, for instance, you know, the fine saucer phenomenon, Mm -hmm. you know, all you have to do is look at our, our Mars, our Mars rover and landing on Mars. We, we weren't there. Uh, we had a drone <laughs> take us there. And we have drones over there. And so uh, my theory for the flying saucer things, they're, they're drones. Of course, if you're an evolved alien, you're not going to be in a cramped cockpit for a few eons. You know, traveling when you can sit at home and in front of your TV screen and and, uh, <laughs> and catch everything you need to catch. You know, watch human watch humans on TV. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> or, or, or crack up. You know, hey, watch you. We'll make it disappear. You got them. Okay, let's do it. You know, I've got I've got a feeling. Yeah, see, I've I've, I've got a real pragmatic look at. At, at our life because it's in front of us you know all the answers are in front of us right right you know you walk out your door look at dig up dig a few feet in the ground you know answers all over there yeah, because absolutely. we 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 live in a physical universe for one reason and that's to learn to evolve you know and we're not stuck here you know to be uh what everybody becomes, you know, you know, at the time for a short period of time. The only thing I think, well, there are a few things that are, are, are eternal, you know, quite a few things, but things that, that uh, like water, for instance, every drop of water that's been here when the earth was created is still here in one form or another. Well, if you can say that to water, you can say that about everything. <laughs> because yeah. the only constant is the change everything that it changes now why are we here as humans we're we're, we're like drones <laughs> we yeah. are drones yeah. we are drones observers. we're here observers. we're here we're here to collect information and and to store it and to evolve as a as a, a learning, and because we're eternal beings, uh, we we can uh, our spirit can go into everything, and it will, and it does, and it has, and it never will stop. So, so nothing like nothing disappears; it just changes. It changes. And, yeah, and so, and we're 
basically only taught enough for our time that we're spending here. You know, like Earth is really a classroom. And yeah. I, I blew, I think I blew Joe Rogan's mind when I was on his show. And he, he, he asked me about the universe. And I told him, is there, a, you know, other life on the universe? And, um, and I told him, you know, the universe is, well, eternity is vast enough that as far as we can tell, we're the only living uh, creatures in this particular universe. Now, there's zeon, countless zillions of universes. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so why, why wouldn't this... Why couldn't this be our own personal universe? With yeah, the collective yeah. consciousness of the the, the human, uh, you know, our imagination, our psyche, that like yeah. seemingly is our own individual universe, but yes. collectively, it's all of our humans within this planet's universe. Yes, yes. so much so, so much so. That's we're the human, we're the human consciousness that exists yes. in the universe. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And and there are countless universes. Yeah. So 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 I mean it, it it it's it's mind blowing and meant to be, because we we can grasp as much as as we are able to, you know, every one of us, regardless of who you are. But we're here for different reasons, and you can't learn say how to be a tree <laughs> say how to be a, a avocado tree if you're concerned about being a uh, uh, rose bush <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm saying and yeah. so and so our our lifetimes are spent learning who we are and what we are and then when we evolve when we go back to the to the spirit world now the spirit world is a whole different thing. That's what I've been studying a lot. Hmm. Um, the spiritual, the metaphysical side. And, and then again, you're dealing with infinity. There's no end to it. And so so I get a little taste, a little chunk out of it. But I realize uh, the purpose of the Bible, for instance, or the Quran. All these places, what what they are, they're little notes jotted down by humans in different time periods. But they all basically say the same thing. And whether we believe it or not is totally up to us. You know, like if you you use it, you can read the Bible and just admire the literature of it this the, the incredible stories that come out of it and uh and like hollywood and all these writers they all have uh, roots to to the bible because the bible was written by writers you know they were inspired you know but they were written mm -hmm. by human writers and that's why the 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 descriptions in the first 
Testament, you know, about God stopping the red, parting the Red Sea, allowing <laughs> allowing the Egyptian army, uh, no, no, the the Hebrews to escape, but then it swallowed up the Egyptian army. <laughs> so I, obviously, the writer was Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> And, and you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and yeah. if you read the Quran, it has well, you got to kill all these infidels, you know. Uh, so, so you see the different ethnic, ethnicity of of the writers themselves, but the messages that are in those things, you know, the, the very basic, like telling, like the Bible say uh, eternity. You know, they always talk about, you know. Uh, there was no beginning and no end. Mm-hmm. That's a truth. That's a solid truth. Uh, and and the, the certain entities were put here to, to teach us, you know, because we're going down the, you know, a lot of people going down the wrong path. But it's always been that way. So there's no right or wrong, as John Lennon said, you know. Uh, you know, imagine all the people uh, living in the world that, that only happens in one area that's called the spiritual world that's the only place where there's no stress or need or desire but then I figured out well then what happens to evil people well you know what happens to evil people they don't go to heaven they get born right back into earth <laughs> you know they back on the, the cycle they failed the course. They have to take it over oh. again. And now this time, they're, you know, they might be rich one day, one lifetime, and the next lifetime, they might be a migrant walking 1,300 miles from Honduras, you know, with their mother carrying them. <clears throat> we don't so, know. So heaven is like a college, and you got to graduate high school first to get there? You got to get accepted take- in based on your credentials? Well, yeah, no, that's, <laughs> no, 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 based on your knowledge, you know, yeah, yeah. because what's the sense of teaching someone uh, something if, if they haven't learned the basics? Right. Well, yeah. like me, like so, me and, ta- yeah, it's like me and tango, you know, I, I've been dancing tango for almost 30 years, but guess what? I'm learning basics today. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I spent an hour learning basics. So, so, you know. You never stop learning, and you never stop living. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, knowledge is just knowledge is its own universe on its on its own. Like it seems like every, you know, all these different universes that we have that we can like categorize. You know, like knowledge, uh, you know, perception, touch, feel, taste. They're all so separate, but and you know, but together and. I mean, for me, I like individualize a lot of things in my life, like breathing. Okay. When I focus on breathing, absolute, just pure breathing, the the healing breathing, not the bypass breathing, autopilot breathing. I'm stuck Mm -hmm. in that, you know, and then, but when I'm staying, you know, you're staring out into the mountains and, you know, you're hearing this and feeling it. It's just, um, it's, it's just bringing everything all together and being chill and one and, and, and uh, aligning uh, just all of that, that energy that we're, I mean, it's, I, I honestly don't know where I started this, what I'm saying, but 
Um, oh, I remember. Okay. So, um, <laughs> I heard, I heard it, this shamanic teacher say something very similar to what you're saying that earth is like a classroom. Um, <laughs> and there, and we are students, but at the same time, uh, there's teachers as well. And like yes. everyone comes back as a different form of either you're a te- you're either teaching or you're learning or you're a student yeah. or you're, um, you know, or you're the nurse, you know? Yes. <laughs> we're, we're, we're like a, 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 a cosmic experiment, you know, it, it's, it's, it, when you look into the, into the heavens, you know, the stars, you know how people get calm. They look at the stars. It's so beautiful. And oh, isn't this gorgeous? And you see the Milky Way and even the sound, the Milky Way. But when you think of what's really going on in the universe, there's incredible explosions. There's violence that's unfathomable going on right now. Those beautiful colors, that's gases that, that, that are deep. And, and what's happening when you're looking out there? There are galaxies that are devouring other galaxies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's black holes that are sucking everything in sight or, you know, around it into where? Into a vortex. Uh, there's incredible uh, physical violence going on because it's a physical universe. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's vast, vast strips of where nothing's going on, you know. But you're talking about breathing. Just think about breathing. If we don't breathe, every, at least, uh, you know, I think the longest you can hold your breath is maybe 10 minutes. But after that, you're dead. <laughs> You know what I mean? We're, we're, and it's something you, know, you don't have to even think about. It just happens. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what we are? We're fish out of water. Mm. Think about that. Because we come mm. from the ocean. And yeah. that's what we are right now. We're fish out of water. <laughs> well, say God separated the waters, you know, from the, from the, the sky, creating the firmament. So we, yeah. we're swimming in a different density of water. <laughs> we're used to the thicker stuff. But now we're up yeah. here. It's a water of uh, oxygen. It's an ocean of oxygen. And think about mm-hmm. that. Think about that. What what creates oxygen? The trees. Yeah. <laughs> the trees. The trees that, the that are being, you know. And that's another thing, too. You know, when people talk about global warming. And, I, like, I, I'm, I'm a news addict uh, quite a bit, you know. But I, I see it from a metaphysical point of view which is uh everything that's happening is supposed to happen you know there's no accidents this is causing you know cause and effect for every action there's a reaction and and there's no one way to do anything you know and like but like what we've done as, as a civilized nation or civilized people we've learned how to categorize and, and put things into different categories. And we learned how to count. You know, that's why uh, the, the algebra, which was invented by the uh, Muslims, you know, the Arabs, uh, the alphabet, uh, all these ways. And what they are is ways to organize our thoughts so that we can put them on paper. We can understand uh, how to build uh, structures, you know, because in this physical universe, they're finding out with that the collapsed building in Miami. <laughs> I, I hate to laugh at it, but uh, you know, I, I have to chuckle. 
because uh, here they were warned. <laughs> they were warned 40 years ago that the building was unsafe. <laughs> oh, and they were too cheap to fix it. They couldn't afford to fix it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they couldn't afford to fix it. So it's, it's crazy, you know, like the global warming, you know, there's people or, or the migration. Migration is a natural form of life on Earth. Mm-hmm. That's, it's natural. Yeah. It's natural. And, I, and like, moved, I, I can't stay in the same place for too long, man. I, I got to yeah. go. You know yeah. I mean? that's, why we, that's why we're mobile. That's why we have legs and arms. And, you know, we're, we're creatures that are supposed to be going. And we do travel. What, what, what do wealthy people do? They don't stay at home. they're on that plane they're on that boat they're on that's our natural order of things is to keep moving and to keep Mm -hmm. traveling and then the other natural thing and we're just learning it bits and pieces is to help one another because we're all we're all connected we're all connected Mm -hmm. you know and there's no special breed of anything there's nothing, nothing special, but because we're all special. That's, that's, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> that's beautiful, man. That's true. Yeah. It's got to soak in the, it's like, I'm like a, a biscuit and some nice tea to soak in <laughs> all of that good, loving goodness. Right there. <laughs> well, you know, I've been doing cameos and, uh, I've been doing quite a few because uh, they asked me, you know, they asked me for to cheer up their father, cheer up their brother, you know, uh, and 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 the message that I've been that I've been listening, you know, and I have to do it myself. I, I have to, you know, a lot of times, you know, how a car mechanic will have the worst car. He can fix yeah. everybody else's car, but his car is a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. you know that he's been meaning to get around. Well, so many of us—that's the way we spend our lives, you know. Especially on the podcast, people, because we spend our lives talking and, and, and helping other people. But do we listen to our own advice? And half the time, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been having to because. Yeah. Because I, you know, they ask me questions, you know, how to make, uh, you know, cancer survivors, for instance, you know, they, they, because I'm a cancer survivor. And, uh, and what I told them, it, it's kind of, uh, uh, it's everything. It's everything. To get through life, I found that if you, fi- you can find the humor in everything. Now. You may not be uh, rewarded <laughs> with people, you know, laughing at the wrong time or smiling at the wrong time. I've gotten in, 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 in trouble for just smiling. Have you ever done that? You know, what are you smiling about? This isn't funny. That look? And, 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 you know, like, like when Bill Cosby got out of jail, you know. Mm. Uh, my my son wouldn't let me post. I was happy for him. I was literally happy for him. Why? Because he did his time, you know. Yeah. yeah any yeah. more, any more, he would have probably died. But I like the fact that he did his time, and I like the fact that he showed you that he was rich. 
and he could fix the system. Now, now you know what happened. Uh, they 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 made promises. The DA made promises. Bill, if you tell us what, we won't uh, use that against you. Well, they reneged. They lied, and rightly so. Bill was guilty, but he did a couple of years, almost three years. That's enough. That's enough, because what he's got that he'll never get back again is his reputation. Now he's he's got visions of going back on the road and con- well, so is Trump. <laughs> but when, have you seen the Trump <laughs> the Trump speeches? No, <laughs> he's still on Hillary. He's still talking about Hillary, and and then in his last speech. He confessed to everything that they're charging him with um, uh, in New York, uh, tax evasion. <laughs> Trump says, so you have a house, so you have a car. <laughs> you know, well, Donnie, everybody pays taxes on those things. That's stuff of value. And and he doesn't understand that, you know. And, and He's yeah, never and had mistake. to do it a day in his life. Yeah. Yeah, but that's not a good thing, guys. You no, know, no, it's not. No, you look at you look at this guy. I was talking to some people that were they kind of uh, were, you know, the rich people. They, they like Trump because Trump. They're like him. They're like them, those guys. You know, the, more is never enough. Mm-hmm. Like you know, for these people, they don't have enough. They don't have enough. There's always something that they need. Uh, they're not satisfied. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and yeah, they got stuff, but they got to invite guys like me to, 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 so they can tell their friends, yeah, I had Tommy Chong over yeah. to my house, you know? And, uh, <laughs> oh, he really liked it, you know? Because can you imagine the feeling you get? I, now I know the feeling. Uh, like, I know the feeling of not having a car to the point where that I would take any car, <laughs> any vehicle whatsoever, and be proud to have it. These guys, they they can get anything they want, and they buy they buy shit they don't even use. They don't. They it just doesn't get unpacked. I have one friend that had kids that would tell their mom and dad, "Can I stop opening presents now? I'm tired." <laughs> like it became a job, you know. Where I grew up, wow. in a fam- I grew up in a family where uh, fruit was our present. <laughs> you know, woke up and we got an orange in our sock and an apple and some nuts. Oh boy, Santa was really nice to us. You know, <laughs> and you uh, left him cookies. He gave you fruit. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I've been so blessed because now look at me, you know, hanging with these guys and enjoying what they don't even know they have. It's, it's crazy. But I mean, that's that. And, and so what it did, it opened my eyes that the idea isn't to get a lot of money. That's not going to make you happy. What's going to make you happy is making other people happy. Mm-hmm. See, yes. and then other people like you, and they go, "Oh, well, you know, I had Tommy Chong at my house. Oh, big deal, you know." That that 
that's the reward that really sticks with you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So much more rewarding. I have a, I have a question, Tommy. Um, so you, you experienced jail just like Bill Cosby and a lot of mm-hmm. people incarceration. And then you also experienced cancer. And I, I'm wondering what those two, I mean, pretty personal and uh, big, big deals in people's lives. If, were they advanced you like spiritually or if you were they spiritual experiences or uh, totally. What, totally. what did you learn? Oh, totally, totally experienced. Jail for sure jail i was ordained to do time in jail uh, uh from my earliest uh memories i was i i, I had been incarcerated when i was a, a child uh, i think about three or four years old my mother got tb tuberculosis i i had a spot on my lung it looked like a pl- it was pleurisy it's called and so when my mother went into a sanitarium, I went into the general hospital when I was, I guess, three. I, it's hard to, you know, count. You can't remember. My earliest memory was being hugged by big-titted nurses. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'd never gotten over that one. <laughs> and, and then I, I went from the hospital. I didn't go home. There was no home to go to. Uh, I, I was taken right to an orphanage, uh, Salvation Army Home, where my brother was already there and my uh, little sister was there. And, and I never saw him in the home at all. I saw my brother, I think, once. And so I've, uh, I've always been incarcerated. And when you're incarcerated, you learn right away what you can do, what you can't do. There's no individuality. You're told what to do. You're told what to wear, where to go, where to play, when to eat, all that stuff. And so I had that all my life. And so when I ended up uh, with a choice, I didn't have to go to jail. I could, I had a choice. I could have uh, fought it, and then they would have charged my they, – they threatened to charge my son and my wife with the same charge. And uh, I would have lost either way. Had I not gone to jail, my wife would have gone to jail or my son would have gone to jail. And uh, – and so I had a choice. And the minute I accepted the fact that I was going to go to jail, I got kind of excited because it was like I've been kind of planning this all my life. Interesting. You know, like when I was 14, 15 years old, uh, we, we moved, finally moved from the country into a, a wartime housing. It was, my dad was in the for a second world war. So we, we were eligible for a house with indoor plumbing up until then we had outdoor plumbing, you know, we, we had a pump our water and we had outdoor uh, toilets, you know, outhouses. And then all of a sudden we're in, in a real nice house. And, and we had an extra room. We didn't have an extra room. My mother made an extra room by bunking uh, uh, the boys together and my sister lived down uh, downstairs but so we had a room to rent well at first we rented it to a real nice uh, uh, guy uh, that went to uh, the tech school in, in Alberta uh, Japanese uh, Jim Wakabayashi real nice guy but then I got older as I got around 15 years old I started <laughs> meeting you know, thugs that just got out of jail. And the one that gave me this tattoo, uh, nice. Erwin McCann, he, he had, he had been in uh, jail. Uh, 
you know, most of his life. And he had nowhere to go. <clears throat> in Canada, there was no halfway houses. When you got released from jail, they just stuck you on the street. And you had a, a, a people, you know, just people would come up and help. And so I met Erwin, and he, he lived at my house. And I learned everything about jail from him. Because at the time, jail was pretty cruel. You know, they had a silent system. You weren't allowed to talk from the minute you walked into the jail until you left, unless you had permission. And wow. so, so he learned how to sing quietly, and he taught me how to sing quietly. And and they had the the the, the lash. If you committed rape or some kind of horrendous crime, uh, the Canadian government was using the British system would sentence you to so much time in jail plus nine lashes or four lashes or you know where you got whipped with a, with a cat of nine tails and then they had a paddle if you broke any of the prison rules they would tie you over a, a gymnast horse and pull your pants down and hit you with a five foot long cricket bat that was kind of an alloy of rubber and and metal and with per perforated holes and and if you ever got Con convicts were so afraid of that that bat that one hit and they would pass out. It would, the pain was so bad, and then the scars yeah. that they left would uh, would last for the time in jail. You know, so jail was really really uh, cruel and, and scary. And then they hung people if if you were found guilty of a crime. They would build the gallows and hang you in the in the prison yard. And so that was. That was my first uh, talk about going to prison, uh, you know, uh, what prison was like. And uh, and then over the years, I, I knew guys that, I, you know, I, I started hanging with a rough crowd right away. And I found out I'm 8% Native. And all my friends that I grew up with are all Natives, you know, like Indians. Uh, <laughs> and that's how I got my music ability and everything else. So when I went to jail... When I went to jail, and by that time, I was into spirituality. And so I just treated jail. Well, I was a celebrity. And so I was treated like a celebrity. And I was in a like a, a very, very uh, low maximum, uh, minimum security. It was a camp for, for old people, you know, for celebrities, like Alderman and Ehrlichman from Nixon's. They did time in, in TAP where I was. <laughs> And all those, you know, all the the, the star people. Did you meet you know, anybody life. cool? Did you, did you oh. make any lifelong friends from that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Eric uh, Larson, he's a golf caddy. Uh, he, he greeted me when I went there, and he was he, he had a garden that he uh, was growing vegetables. He had been in there for 10 years, been in different prisons off and on for 10 years. It was a bogus charge. You know, he was a Coke user. But when his Coke dealer got busted and Eric was the only famous one that she knew. And so she turned him in, said that he was like a kingpin. And he wasn't. She just did that so she wouldn't do 20 years in jail. And Eric got fought it. And then he ended up with uh, 14 years in jail. And he did did 10. And so Eric and he's on the on the on the on the PGA uh, PGA tour, tour now. In fact, his guy Harris English won the last uh, last last week. 
So, yeah, Eric is a lifelong friend. And uh, I was in there with uh, Jordan Belford, you know, the Wolf of Wall Street. And we, we became really good friends. And I I helped him uh, write his book, you know, the Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> yeah, I met quite a few. And I met some athletes, which I, I, I really can't remember their name. <laughs> Which is good because there's a lot of athletes that have, that go to jail and no one knows about it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because they don't yeah, want to ruin yeah, their yeah. career, you know. And so, yeah, I, it was a it was a celebrity jail. I was only locked up in a cell the night before I left. That was the only time I'd ever did because when you're leaving, they take you over to the main prison and you spend the night there, and then you're released from the main prison. You know, you you can't be released from the camp, and so that was the only time I was locked up. But other than that, man, it was. Uh, I joined the Indian Sweat Lodge Society, and so we had a sweat lodge uh, built on the property, and and that's where I spent most of my time uh, in the daytime, working in the garden or lounging in the garden, <laughs> making bombs. That's it. That's what I was doing there, <laughs> making, <laughs> making bombs out of clay. And I tried to fire them at the end of the, my sentence, but uh, I couldn't get the fire hot enough. But I built a kiln on the Indian grounds. And, uh, oh, yeah, I, I had some of the best times of my life was in prison. Met a lot of great people, read a lot of good books, had a, had a great time. But I caught cancer there. That was the only problem. And, oh. uh, was, yeah. Because the prison was built or is built over a toxic waste dump. It was when they first discovered the oil in uh, California and and they would build a, they would dig a big lake, a big lake to hold the oil because they never had any way of uh, putting, you know, putting on pipes or anything like that. (laughs) They just dug down there and Eureka, they hit it. Yeah, they make a reservoir. And so that's in Taft, California. And, uh, but when I got cancer, as soon as I got it, I, I got it while I was there. And then I had some problems, uh, with a, with a prostate. And then I found out I had that. And unfortunately I got a biopsy and when they do a biopsy, they take a piece of you and they don't do that anymore because, uh, the biopsy spreads the cancer. And, and then I ended up with rectal cancer and I had to get the operation. And I had to have the the exit move to the front, <laughs> and I got a I got a colostomy bag. But what I did, you know, like I I preach to people, you know, you find the humor in everything, and so I found a real I got a real good humor. I got a real good bit with my colostomy bag. The only trouble is that it's hard to find a venue that wants me to do it. <laughs> uh, Tommy, uh, don't 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 do the bag bit. Okay, here's fifty quid. <laughs> yeah. <You> just... <laughs> um, I right, I got another question for you. This one might be a little, little bit of a stretch, but we're gonna try. We're gonna try. Um, so do you know anything because you do have um celebrity access? Hey hey hey, about secret societies at all? Any uh, secret societal information uh, about secret societies? Yeah, you, you mean now? You mean any, now? Any, yeah, I could tell you about the the old ones, like the Tongs. You know, the Chinese. You know, the Chinese were, were were treated worse in a lot of ways than black people. 
The only difference mm. was that the Chinese had, had the oldest culture. And, uh, yeah. and my dad, my grandfather was Chinese. He was brought over to work on the railroad in Canada. And my dad, and then he, you know, him and my grandmother had a baby in the, uh, the, um, um, you know, the, my, my grandfather never did work on the railroad. He, he ran a gambling joint. Uh, but oh, yeah, I know that I know the Chinese uh, history, you know, I'll, I'll yeah, tell you, let's, let's just, one, just, just, just one little, little tidbit. Uh, the Chinese were the only ones that had the, the engineering skills to blast through mountains. And so the, the Rocky mountains in Canada, the Chinese put the railroad through the Rocky mountains mm-hmm. and, uh, but here's how the the Canadian government treated them. They charged the Chinese an entrance fee to come to Canada to work on the railroad. That entrance fee equaled the cost of the railroad. So the Chinese not only built the railroad, they paid for it. And the minute and the minute they were the railroad was finished. They fired all the Chinese. They treated them just like coolies. That's what they were called in the day. And they were treated and they were fired. And that's why there's so many Chinese stayed in in Canada. They had no way of getting home. And they weren't going to go home anyway. They, for the most part, the Chinese used to come over to different countries and work and send send their money back, much like they do in Mexico. You know, the Spanish the, or Guatemala and that, you know, they work in, in America, then they send money home to their people. And that's what the Chinese did. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. So uh, being being half Chinese, you know, I, I experienced that all, all, all my life. But again, you know, using humor and using music, I uh, I managed to make it work for me. And that's why when Cheech and I decided to become comedians. The one stipulation was that I was going to use our real names so that we weren't part of a group, you know, that mm-hmm. uh, that would disappear, you know, when the group disappeared. So, yeah. So, uh, but I consider everything that I've gone through a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I met Absolutely. a girl, I met a girl at the 4th of July party and she's, all tattooed. She had tattoos all over her body. Pretty girl, beautiful girl. And she was from France. And so I talked to her and I, the first thing I said, I said, you must really be into pain. And she Masochist. looked at me. Yeah. And she said, I guess I am. I guess I am. Because when you, when you go to a gym, it's no different than going to a, a gym and lifting weights. Yeah, same mm-hmm. thing. It's pain. You, 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 no pain, no gain, as they say, and 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 that's why people get addicted to the gym, you know, yeah. because it, yeah, like Arnold was, you know, Arnold was a, a pain junkie from way back. I love I love the pain. <laughs> it feels so yeah. good to burn the muscles, and the, and that's what <laughs> that's why that's why people get those stupid jobs that I would never do, like working in a coal mine. Can you imagine working underground? And the, but the people love the pain. They love that. And and you take them take them away from that, and they go, oh, I want to I want to go back in that coal mine. They're not <laughs> the same. Yeah. <they're laughs> you were talking about you. So and, true. 
you were talking about you and Cheech when you first started. How much of your character is is you, and how much of Cheech's character is actually Cheech, based based on upon you know your own personalities? Well, luckily, I, I, I'm not educated. You know, I I couldn't get through grade twelve, not even in prison. I took a GED in prison and I failed it <laughs> because I I could not get through. And they and they told me, "Oh, just put down anything. We'll pass you." But <laughs> what good is it? He cheat on a jailhouse <laughs> diploma. Come on. And so, um, no, I I never I was never educated uh, you know, except on the street. Uh, teach uh, is college educated, you know, and he's got a, a degree in English, I believe. And so, so Teach's character was probably 180 degrees of who he really is, mm. you know. Uh, me, uh, I rebel in my ignorance. I always have. And that that's my character. I I I, I love my character because. Uh, I can get away with so much, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and I, it's not my own character. I, I borrowed it from a, a kid that worked for us in Vancouver when Cheech and I were in an improv club in, uh, in, in Vancouver and, uh, and strawberry worked the light lights. And I met strawberry he was sitting on a bag of garbage because uh, the garbage men were on strike and the garbage piled up on this, in the in the city and uh i was walking down eighth avenue in vancouver and the, the snow was just trickling down you know he was sitting under a street lamp and you could see the snow coming down and he had this long red hair and, and i said what's your name and it's, he said strawberry and he was hey man <laughs> hey man you know where i you got a place where i can sleep tonight man <laughs> and I said, as a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> oh, that's cool, man. So I put him in the I put him in our the club, the the improv oh improv club. I says he's got two toilets, you know. He's got, there's a kitchen, uh, you know. You're 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 set. You can sleep in the light booth, which he did. And uh, hell yeah, it, man. And then he became our light man, but uh, I, I I stole his uh, that persona, and he never he never stayed that guy. You, when he when he when he grew up, I met him oh twenty thirty years later, uh, and, and he was a businessman with big old businessman shoes. I think I think <laughs> big old shoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know the kind of big old yeah broken broken. What do they call him? With the perforated. Uh, things yeah. you know that busy men wear. Yeah, <laughs> you you put him. Uh, is it the Up and Smoke movie that uh, Strawberry is in? Also, yeah. Well, it was it was going to be uh, like a, uh, but Tom Skerritt, you know, he he put his own twist okay. to it. But yeah, and so uh, Strawberry was his nickname because of his birthmark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On his neck. <laughs> Do you so, know so do you, Strawberry in real life had the birthmark on his neck also? No, or? no, no. So no, it no. was just because of his hair color. Well, it was because we, yeah, yeah. His, that, it, it strawberry was, he had red hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah strawberry, he was a strawberry guy. Yeah. 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 Go ahead, Roman. 
do you know Jim Carrey? Uh, you know, yeah. he's also a fellow Canadian. Oh, do, yeah. Are you guys friends at all? I love, man. You guys probably get are hilarious together. Not really, not really. But <laughs> no, but we, no. we know each other. No, no, Jim, Jim. Like I was around way before Jim, and then he, he oh, yeah. you know, like like all the comedians, they, they grew up with with Cheech and I, and they either love us or you know despise us, you know, one or the other. Uh, for the most part, they love us. Jim, Jim loved us, but Jim was also <clears throat> had to be the funniest guy in the mm. room. Yeah, and, and uh, when, yeah, yeah. And when I met him, he was. They were honoring Jim at the Aspen Comedy Festival, and and also honoring Cheech and Chong. And so after we did our show, and then Jim did his show, he called me from his room and told me, come on, come on up to my room. So I went up to his room and, uh, Catherine O'Hara was there. And, uh, who else? Catherine O'Hara. And, oh, maybe, uh, uh, some other comedian. I, I forget exactly who was there. And, and they were really interested in, in my time in jail. And so I had the floor for, for, while and you can see jim could he was like this caged animal <laughs> he, he, oh, he, damn. <laughs> he had I, I i was telling about the sweat lines and then jim jumped in because he had done the other stuff where they put the stuff around your perforate your chest and oh he, he did a whole other indian native thing you know it was way way more uh brutal than than what i went through but yeah, I, I, yeah, we're, we're, we're friends. We're not, you know, we're not, we have close people that know, know Jim and, uh, and, and me, you know, but I, I really don't have, uh, many. Sam Kennison used to love mm. me. Uh, Kennison, when he, <laughs> when I went back on the road to do comedy, I had to start at the bottom, you know, I had five minutes here, five minutes there. And so I was doing my five minutes at the, at the, um, the comedy, something was in over on, on sunset, uh, the laugh factory. The comedy store? No, oh, the laugh, laugh factory. factory. And, uh, <laughs> and Kennison was actually barred from the laugh factory because he was too, too, uh, brutal. And he was working, but he was the headliner at the, the comedy store. So anyway, Kennison heard that I was at the Laugh Factory. So, so he, he showed up and Jamie, the guy that owns the Laugh Factory, well, you know, he's a, a sweet little guy, but, you know, he's no, no one's a match for Kennison, you know. So Kennison barged in there, hey, you know, I heard you were here. I had to come and see you. And, so I said to Sam, I said, are you going to do some time? He said, for you, I'll do some time. Like, he, he gets on the stage that he's barred from and takes a mic out of whoever's hand who was up there at the time. And, uh, and, and he just ran everybody out of the club. They got up and left, uh, except uh, the comedians. You know, we all stayed and laughed our ass off. And then, then after, <laughs> after uh, we're hanging with Jamie, the owner, Kenneth said, "Well, let let's smoke up. Let let let's get high." You know, he was already high on that whatever, probably coke. And, uh, 
<laughs> we had a laugh. Uh, then, every once a, then every once in a while, he'd pull me from the road. He'd pull me all over. John, they, they had a record, Wild Thing. And John, he pulls me, hey, John, we're like teaching John. We got a record. Oh, fuck, he'd be funny. Funny guy. I love Sam. <laughs> love Sam. Nice. <laughs> Man, I can I can I ask you about like that's just because man now we're in it, dude. Like I, uh, I want to know what's like a crazy Hollywood party that you're just like an unforgettable party experience that you've had because you, I, I bet you've had some uh, fucking dope ass parties, bro. Well, there's one, just one. No, I'm not a party guy. It never was. Uh, but we went to one party. And the everybody was there. The Rolling Stones were there. Oh, John shit. Lennon, uh, Rod Stewart, uh, Jack Nicholson, and a uh, shitload of other people. And so I brought my dad. Uh, nice. My mom. I think I just brought my dad. Yeah, was it? Yeah, just my dad. And. Uh, and it was at Lou Adler's place. Uh, he was our uh, record producer, owner. And uh, so I asked Lou, I said, where, where can I smoke this joint? He said, well, go in the, bed, go in the bedroom. And so I walked in the bedroom. I had this stinky old uh, Mexican joint, you know, since me, uh, you know, You know the ones that used to really smell? The skunks. Yeah. I think you're one of them, you know. So I, so I had a stinky joint i walked in the bedroom and i thought i was alone and i looked over and sitting on the floor behind the bed was john lennon he's sitting on the floor and so oh there's john lennon i walked over hey john when i hit one hit on my joint he goes oh no sorry mate you know i got immigration problems i'm not allowed and so then just then uh, rod stewart walks in <laughs> and he's right over to the mirror and he starts you know, making his hair stick up more, you know. <laughs> and so I offered, <laughs> I offered uh, Rod Stewart something. He goes, oh, no, no, my voice, my voice, uh, you know, okay. So then, yeah, I figured, you know, it's enough sticky joint. So I put it out and I'm walking out in the hallway and I run into Jack Nicholson. And I just seen Nicholson in a movie. It was uh, Last Detail. And in oh. the movie, he plays an officer. And in the movie, there's one scene that fascinated me because it went on for like 10 minutes. And through the whole scene, Nicholson's combing his hair, but he doesn't have any hair. He has the thinnest, <laughs> wispiest hair. And so I said, Jack, that scene where you're combing your hair, I said, did you, did you ad-lib that? Did you, was that you or was it written in the, in the script and he just give me that fish-eyed jack nicholson look at it uh excuse me you're in the way you know? <laughs> 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 he, he shot me down as hard as i've ever been shot down in my life i don't think I, after that i never i never approached a star after <laughs> Fuck <him>. wow <laughs> Fuck him. Yeah, fuck you know, him. Fuck I understand, him. I understand yeah. you know. And, and then we became, not friends, but we were friends with Lou Adler, you know. And Jack, Jack was, you know, he always liked whatever was hip, you know. And Cheech and Chong were very hip at the time. You know, we're the new kids on the block, you know. And so we, uh, so we'd 
you know, we hobnob with Jack a little bit. Yeah, just, you know, the odd party. And oh, one time we're, we're, we're going to the Laker game. And Lou Adler says, oh, you guys ride with Jack. Well, that's like saying you ride with Evil Knievel when he's doing his jump. Teacher's <laughs> <laughs> in the back seat, and I'm in the front seat. And we're late. We're not really late, but there's a lineup to get in the parking lot. So Jack goes into the oncoming traffic with his car, and he drives oh, down at least a mile down on the oncoming traffic. Anybody could have come out and wasn't looking, be head on a collision. And teachers in the back seat singing, I got basketball Jones, got basketball Jones. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's a good thing to come out of that. So the next <laughs> next day, well, well, we went to the game and whatever. And but the next day, I I said, teach, come on, let's let's do that song. What song? I said, basketball Jones. I wrote the lyrics for it. And so, so Cheech and I did basketball Jones, and that was. That was another big, big Cheech and Chong hit, you know. Yo, you guys got you guys got any shows coming up, or uh, you doing any more? Uh, uh, oh, you guys got the documentary coming out. What's got up the doc, that? hi brother. Got got the documentary, and it's more than a doc now. It's it's more like a movie. It's going to be it's going to blow a lot of people's minds, you know. Whoa. I know. I, I don't. I don't think we're going to go back. Uh, doing live shows oh yeah no i take that back we're going to do we're going to MC some rock concerts you know mm. uh, oh, and here oh, they oh. are we're going to do that and here they are uh which i don't mind doing now i'm not really uh, i was getting really burned out doing live shows because our, yeah. our audience were mostly trumpies and, and that's real you know yeah yeah they were laughing at the wrong for the wrong reason you know, oh. and, and you know, like I do blind melon chilling, and they would, you know, they would, <laughs> they made me quit. So they, yeah, they made me quit doing all those shows. You know, no, I, I, I'm not. I, 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 I really, I, I love the Zoom. I love recording at home. Yeah. I love, I yeah, love yeah. working out of my house. Love it. Do you realize how responsible you are for so many uh, like taglines? Like Dave's not here. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, I remember the the PB Her Herman one, uh, the Hamburger Train. Yeah, that was a classic too. And there's uh, and Bendecos. Hey, <laughs> Bendecos! <laughs> oh man. My There's very so, good friend. <laughs> yeah. There is so many good taglines from the Cheech and Chong movies. Uh, I even was re-watching some recently, and I was just like, man, I I still say that today. <laughs> I, I didn't even realize that's where it was from, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. so oh, many, good. man. I like the popsicles, uh, the push pops that were just like straight cola buds. <laughs> popsicle truck. Nice dreams. Yeah, nice, the nice dreams. dreams. Nice That's dreams. That's my favorite one, bro. That's my that, favorite. I love that one. Yeah. yeah. And the, the cop turning into a lizard person. Oh, you <laughs> like that, huh? We love that. Love that. Well, That's you so know, we're, we're, we're uh, you know, I directed all those. And I was... Uh, you know, and what I would do, what I did in Up in Smoke, too, you know, Up in Smoke, we never really had an ending. 
uh, Lou Adler was uh, directing, and then toward the end of the movie, he felt like he he knew what he was, but you know, it was obvious what he was going to do, and so he put he tacked on an ending that was horrible, and so that's when I that's how I got into directing, because I said, well, this guy does really doesn't know shit, you know, and so, <laughs> so you, I said, you you altered the ending to make it what it is now. I, I wrote the ending. I wrote the ending and I directed the ending. And that was my first official directing uh, job because Lou said, okay, what's the ending? I said, well, I have to direct it because that's what I did in the whole up and smoke. I directed yeah. all those scenes and he got credit and he got the money, which is okay. You know, we, we got our fair share eventually, but uh, I, um, no, I, 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 uh, and, and with the lizard, you know, I, I put the, the the iguana, you know, yeah. the iguana at the at the at the uh, grow room, uh, you know, the grow pool. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, pool. Yeah. It was hilarious uh, too. And then I connected. So, so wow, I this love is the whole one. this is lizard weed, and so <laughs> then I <laughs> because then you can connect. Oh, maybe that iguana used to be human. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so. Yeah, yeah, I had, uh, I, I, I had the best time, you know, and with Cheech too, and it was a shame that you know Cheech got tired, tired of uh, of doing Cheech and Chong movies, you know. Were you guys oh, in? Yeah. Were you inspired by Benny Hinn? By who? Benny Hinn. No. Who's Benny? Hinn? Who's Benny? Uh, he kind of, he kind of did those like little. Do 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 things, and he'd run around in circles around the car. Benny Hill. And, oh, Benny Hill. Well, Benny Hill. Benny Hill. Oh, I thought it was Benny Hinn. No, it's Benny Hill. No, 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 not not him. More inspired by uh, uh, let's see. Because you have a few of those like fast forward <laughs> scenes in the thing where you and Cheech are like running around the car and. Chasing each oh, other yeah. around and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that, the editors, editors come up with a lot of that stuff, you know. Oh, okay. It, yeah, to make it cutesy. Well, yeah, you know, I, I could, I could direct, and I did direct, you know, the improvisational uh, uh, parts, but some of the, the, oh, the film parts, you know, just like in, I don't know if you guys remember, um, uh, still smoking, you know the. Our mm-hmm. consumer, Mr. Dolly, Mr. Burt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's a scene in there where Cheech is about to make love with this girl, and then we cut to animals uh, doing the thing. Yeah. Remember <laughs> the rhinos and the elephants, and and uh, no, that was the editor. Yeah. The, the oh, editor, okay. he he found that out. He said, "What do you think of this?" Yeah, yeah. Movie making is a is a what do you call it? It's so group. many people group effort and everybody i used to have uh someone in the crew always gave me a bit you know they're usually the the boom operator he gave me a a couple of bits and uh, things are tough all over and uh and yeah yeah uh just different crew people you know because they're there and they're, they're all talented and they're all writers you know and they're all (laughs) invested into the movie no I, i i I, I've I've always been so blown away at movie credits, and you literally are just hundreds of people. I'm like, yeah, yeah. The fu- what is the boys salad uh, salad bowl grip 
uh, tele- <laughs> what are all these grips and uh, and all these other like like w- yeah, what are like actually what is a grip? Well, a grip is the guys that that carry shit around, you know, the electricians stuff. You know, they move lights around. Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially the lights, you know, because lighting is so important. Lighting and sound—that's the two things you you can't live without. You know. Uh, (laughs) No, I love I love the movie. Uh, I love the whole thing. It's a circus. You 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 join a circus. Yeah, and. uh, Oh, it's great! It's a great life, you know. So, I I think that uh, the world is missing two uh, stoner a stoner comedy duo in this day and age. If if you were to make a movie and cast two people as a stoner duo, what two people would you like to see play those roles? Well, I've never really gotten over. Spigoli in Fast Times at Ridgemont. High. Okay, yeah. Oh, so good, so good. Oh, you're a dick, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Spigoli, I love that character. And I've seen it again. So good. And and because uh, Sean Penn is such a gifted actor, you know. Uh, but but Spigoli and and Lombowski, uh, you know. Uh, the big Lebowski. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the dude. The dude. Jeff. Jeff yeah. uh, Bridges. Jeff Bridges. I love Jeff Bridges. Uh, but now you you know now I don't know uh, I don't know it's hard to it's a different time now you know. Uh, yeah. I feel like Harold and I, Kumar was kind of a uh, the last stoner duo that we had. It was. Uh, I think so. I yeah. I, I think I think. Uh, yeah, if I don't know, you know, Seth, Seth Rogen. Yeah, I like Seth. I like Seth, but you know, he's done so much other other good stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. other yeah. You know, because it's it seemed like they jump on a genre because it's popular, you know. Yeah, uh, I, I think I'm one of the only ones that said, uh, "Okay, this is my life, man." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm with it, man. That's the greatest, dude, because cannabis is, I mean, the great thing about you being, uh, having the popularity that you do is you've been an activist for cannabis. Yes, yes. Um, And that's been very, 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 very fucking important for for people um, because it's a very old, ancient herb that needs to be with everybody. We have CBD receptors in our body for a reason, yo. Yeah. Yeah, all of that good stuff. And what better, man? I mean, the thing is, you you mix cannabis with spirituality, uh, metaphysics, you know, and, and and everything makes sense. Then you understand, yeah. you know, everything, you know. Uh, it it uh, it's just like I found out that the reason we crave salt uh, is to make us drink water. Did you know that? No. I didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. Because most people, you can't live without water. You need water. Yeah. And, and like a car, you know, the, the old gas cars, you know, where you had a radiator to cool it. And and so you need water in your system. And if you don't, y- your your abilities are, are impaired. You know, that's why when people faint, first thing they do is get them a glass of water. Get them a glass of water. You know, no matter what happens, they get them a glass of water. 
And and that's why salt is so important mm. is to make you eat water. I mean, drink water. Yeah. And and, and it's it's life. So I think water is probably the most uh, spiritual substance that we have. Yeah, man. Because, because it, it, it's life-giving. When they're looking at anything, they look, can we have water? Do we have water? And Mars, you know, is there water? Is there water anywhere? Think about mm-hmm. it. That, that, that's a- water is life. If there's as much uh, life in a handful of water, ocean water, river water, any 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 water, there's a handful of life yeah. in that. That's more, you know, just as many people in your town or your city, it, it's just blooming and booming with it. Yeah. And the ocean is, if you sit in the ocean and somewhere next to the equator where it's warm, you will have a spiritual experience. You let oh, that sure. you let that ocean water, you feel like I am in the womb. Like yes. this is the most best thing in the world right yes. now. And and it forms everywhere. It goes everywhere. You know, it, it takes on the form of whatever it, it gets near, you know. Uh it it is very spiritual, very special. And I've seen a few movies where they, they brought that out, you know. Remember that one uh, uh where I can't think of it right now. But then it was all about water and he was like a aquaman and he fell in love with uh oh. they, you remember they found they captured him and, and they're they were gonna experiment on they were, then they were gonna kill him and so they had a uh, get him escape and what was it aquaman what's it called i forget anyway but no water water is well water is life water is it's life water. yeah same yeah. as air like our like our oxygen like oh. our air is, is life and wow. then food wow. yeah we're 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 in a very yeah when you get with water it, it gets very metaphysical and listen guys what t- what time is it how are we doing Oh yeah, we're, we're probably fine. over yeah. our time. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, because I got I got to get the car back to my. Okay, it's my car, but I got to get it back to my uh, uh, daughter. My daughter. <laughs> real quick, do you want to uh, just tell us where the the legalization of weed is going in the future? What that's going to lead to, and then kind of close out with hitting up any websites that people can find you on, or anything you got going on that you want people to check out. Okay, uh, the legalization, it's crawling along, but it, it, it <laughs> they just made a big drug bust. I, I forget where, but they found marijuana. They found marijuana and cocaine. Uh, they found tons of it, uh, marijuana and cocaine, big drug bust. I forget some country. Uh, it's going to be, once they get it legal federally, and that's coming. I think they're going to have to get rid of uh, the the Trump problem first, you know, put all those guys in jail. You know, the ones that tried to overtake the Capitol, you know, the ones that all the Trumpies, you know, they have to have a dose of reality. It's called prison. (laughs) And uh, they have to, you know, put on the orange jumpsuits and uh, get in line to eat. Uh, Once that happens, I'm somewhere in there with the infrastructure. They're going to sneak this uh, federally. Uh, uh, they, all they have to do is change, the, you know, and Biden could do it now, but he's waiting. But change the uh, uh, from schedule one to schedule two. 
you know, because right now it's schedule one pot still, yeah. you know, no matter how legal it is all over the, the country, it's still illegal federally. And that gives a lot of people excuses why they, they won't change. Uh, and what was the other question? The, uh, so, so legalization. Yeah. It's, so, it's like, where do you happen. see the, like once it gets federally legalized, what do you see the benefits of weed uh, becoming like? Because we oh. can use hemp products, we can oh. we, we can use it for gasoline. It There's so many the things gate. that we can use oh. it for other than just you know. But uh, also that leaves getting high. for corporatism to take over it. You know. Well, well, well look, corporatized. Look, yeah, look, look, look. Yeah, and, and, and corporate corporation is not a bad thing, by the way. You know, uh, look at us. We're holding our cell phones and, and, you know, that's corporate money that that allowed us to do this, you know, and and, and corporations are just people that have the education to uh, manufacture and produce and deliver on a huge scale. That's all. They're mom and pops with uh, with a a degree in finance, Mm -hmm. you know, And, and 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 so that's all it is, you know. Uh, the good thing about weed is that you don't have to alter it. In fact, the purer state it is, the more effective it is. And so Mother Earth has already given us the perfect mm. product. We don't have to do anything with it. It's also given us the ability to build, uh, you know, without having to cut down old growth forests. And, you know, and we can do forest management. I have no problem with that. Uh, I got no problem with, with education. You know, because that's what we have to do. We have to educate everybody on the planet. And uh, obviously, you know, how many Republicans are still here? Uh, they they just need education. And and that's what has to happen. And then, then and when that happens, uh, but Earth was never meant to be perfect. Earth is a school, just like every other school. We've gone through this before, many eons ago. You know, they haven't dug up the evidence yet. But yeah. We've had computers before. We've had space travel. We've had all of this, you know, like like a lot of schools, you know. Uh, and the but our 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 time right now uh, is is advancing the people's advancing the ability to love. Mm. See that that when you love. Love conquers all. Love yeah, eliminates everything. You got to love, and and that's why they said love your neighbor. You know, uh, a lot of people poo poo that that thing, but it's so true. Your neighbor is not just a human being. Your neighbor is the tree, the water, the uh, all that stuff that that yeah. makes a makes life worthwhile. That's our neighbor. We got to love our neighbors, including the, our neighboring planets, our, planet, our neighboring uh, galaxies. Mm. You know, and the birds. Uh, yeah, yeah. We go because that's who we are, mm-hmm. and and as we as we evolve, and we're not going to evolve that much. You know, we're in the play. We're in the middle of it. We're always in the middle of it. It's always in the middle. There's yeah. always going to be always something to learn. <laughs> yeah, we're always in the middle, no matter where where it is. In the middle is where all the action is. <laughs> I like that one. We're, yeah, exactly. It's like the uh, the hub of the the axle of the wheel. You know, it's turning. Yes. but You know, you're just right in the middle, just moving along, baby. Yes, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's it. We're all part of it. 
All right, okay, guys. Beautiful. Let's end it there. And then uh, just tell the people where they can find you, Tommy. Uh, it's up to them, man. If you want me, <laughs> if you Google. want me. Listen, I'm the most, almost the most illiterate computer geek there is. You know, anything to do with Tommy Chong, CBD, it's me. Uh, yeah, Tommy Chong. Yeah, you'll find it, man. I don't right. have to tell these guys. Okay. <laughs> All right, cool. Thank you, sir. Peace out, brother. Thank you so love much. Love you guys. Have a great love day. you guys. Love you too, brother. Thanks, Let, man. Let's love do you. it again. Let's do it again. Yeah, let's do it again, man. Okay, you got For it. For sure. Thank Peace. you.